We're continuing our series, A Healing House. And one of the things that the Lord has spoken, spoken to me this year and to Amy and I is that the things that uh, are on God's heart, how many know it's one thing uh, for something to be on God's heart, it's another thing to go after those things. Um, but he's spoken uh, to Amy and I to be really intentional about pursuing his promises. And so one of the things, it's okay, one of the things that he has for us is to be a house of healing. Where people, come on, who are broken, come on, just like we sang, what? They leave healed, right? People who walk in depressed, they leave, what? Encouraged and lifted up. People who walk in hurting, walk out whole. This is what we want to be. One of the things that the Lord uh, spoke to me when I first became pastor here, he said, healthy staff, healthy finances, healthy church. We've pretty much done the first couple of things. Those are continual things. I mean, know that stuff's continual. You never arrive and say, well, I'm healthy for the rest of my life, right? <clears throat> if you do that, right, and, and, and you stop working out, how many know you get unhealthy real quick? Right, you stop going to the gym, you get fat real quick. And so that's, that's something as a staff, we contend for healthy staff, healthy finances. We love to be transparent about our, our, our funds that come through real life. We like you to know where they're going. And so, and then the third thing was a healthy church. And this is one of the things of 2023 I really want us to go after. I don't want us to just... Uh, Hear those prophetic words that have been spoken over our church about being a house of healing and then never see healing. How many know sometimes people can go to a church and they can leave worse than when they came in? I don't want to be that church. I want to be the church when they encounter, come on, the God in you and the God in us. Come on, they leave better than they came. That God brought you in somebody's life, maybe to take them by the hand, maybe to pray with them through a tough season so that they can get on the other side. This is God's heart for us. And I feel like this area of the healing is an area where we need to reestablish our authority as believers and as a church. How many know God wants us healthy? He wants us whole. And no matter what condition you're in, and I, I'm not just talking about physical healing, I'm talking about emotional healing. I'm talking about mental healing, spiritual healing. How many know God can heal your backsliding? He can heal your spiritual walk as well. And I believe, listen, I, I don't know about you, but man, I hear people are, are sick emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually all the time. And if we're not careful as a body, we can begin to accept that as our new normal. Well, everybody's sick. Well, everybody's getting it. Well, everybody's having a mental breakdown. Everybody's having an emotional crash. How many you know, listen, that's not God's design for our lives. That's not God's design for his church. 
And I believe as a pastor, I have a responsibility to teach the word as it relates to the topic of healing and health. You see, God not only wants us to be healed, he wants us to be whole. This does not mean we will not have to fight sickness or disease. How many know we live in a fallen world? There's stuff flying around this room right now. But it does not mean, listen, uh, it, and it does not mean we will not experience death. How many know it's, it's appointed once for a man to die? I love what Pastor Jason Kane last week, he said, the Lord doesn't promise to keep you from death. He promises to keep you through death. <laughs> In other words, listen, no matter what happens, Listen, if, if a disease attacks my body and I pass away, listen, the devil doesn't win. I still win because God keeps me. He cannot steal my salvation. He cannot steal my eternal place in Christ. And two weeks ago, we learned about the revelation of God as our covenant healer. We don't use this term covenant very much, but a basic definition is a contract. We're familiar with that word. It's a contract that God makes with his people with stipulations and responsibilities that says, if you do this, God's going to do this. We see these covenants, especially in the Old Testament. And we looked at Exodus 15, 26, and the Lord gave them a list of responsibilities. He said, uh, if you're going to heed the, uh, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, if you give ear to my commandments, if you keep all my statutes, I'm going to put none of the diseases on you, which I brought on Egypt, the Egyptians, for I am the God who heals you. Now, what I pointed out last time, the reason why that's so important is because God covenants with the people of God that he will put none of those diseases on you, which only leaves one person that could. So where does sickness come from? Okay. Where does sickness come from? The enemy. God said, I will not put any of the diseases that I put on the Egyptians on you, for I am the God who heals you. God says, follow my instructions, do the right thing, listen and keep my commandments because they will keep you. And then he says this, I'm gonna show up in the maras of life, the bitter places of life, as Jehovah Rapha, he shows up in Exodus 15. And he says, I am the God who heals you. Here's the important thing about the covenant names of God. I was just listening to a song this morning. It was called A Thousand Names. I was getting into it. A Thousand Names. It was a a new worship song called A Thousand Names. The covenant names of God revealed the character and nature of God. And so when I call on the name of God, his character and nature are revealed. This is how I increase my faith. I call on his name, not just when I'm in crisis, not just when I'm in need, but listen, just because he is who he says he is. And this is one of the very things that I learned. I've had this prayer card since I was 19 years old. This one right here, it's still, it's still, it's still good. 
And we would, we would pray, we were taught to pray, hallowed be thy name. That's not just a phrase that's supposed to be repeated. It's actually saying, praise the names of God. And so I would pray these names, Jehovah Sidkenu, you are my righteousness. Jehovah Makedesh, you are the God who sanctifies. Jehovah Shalom, you are my peace. Jehovah Shama, you are here. How many know he's here? Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah heals, Jehovah Jireh. This was one that we always prayed because we were broke college students, right? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You're going to pay that tuition. Hallelujah. Jehovah Nisi, my banner. Jehovah Rohe, my shepherd. Listen, and I would call on these names before I had any need. I was, not, I was a healthy kid, 19, 20 years old, calling on the name of Jehovah Rophe, my healer. Hallelujah. Calling on, because listen, when I call on his name, listen, he gives me the faith, come on, to trust him, and faith is this, the unshakable confidence in the character of God. So when I call on his name, come on, he infuses my life with faith that is unshakable. So that was started, what I'm trying to say is that foundation was laid in my life. So listen, and I've, I've never had, I, I can't say that I've never, I've never really been deathly sick by any means, but what it has, family members who have gotten with terminal, it's given me faith to believe for them and with it for their healing. The word heals there. I am the Lord who heals you, and I'm going to preach, teach. Is that all right? The word heals there means the great physician, the healer of hurts. Listen to this, for the nations, the restorer of favor. How many like your favor healed? Come on. The doctor of your individual distresses, your anxiety, your sorrow, your pain. So in Exodus 15, God says in the midst, listen, of your bitterness, listen, I am your healer. Listen, this morning, God says in the midst of a disappointing diagnosis, a setback caused by a sickness, a mental breakdown or an anxiety, he says, I am the doctor of the divine. I've come to bring order to what's been out of order. You see, what this reveals to us is the heart behind the healer is to mend us and repair us and restore us to something, listen, better than before. That's what the word restore means. Not just patched up, but better than before. Everybody say better than before. And we learned in the first message that the temptation to drink from bitter streams will rob us from the revelation of a better promise. They stopped in Mara, but nine miles south, if they would have just kept walking, they would have got to the water wells and the shady palm trees of Elam. But they stopped. They allowed bitterness to get them stuck until Moses threw, come on, he threw the tree into the waters and they became sweet. Everybody say sweet. This morning, I wanted to start out with a scripture that is usually not related to any teaching on healing that I've heard, but I couldn't get away from it, so I wanted to begin today 
in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. A familiar passage maybe for most of us, but I want to read it. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and the beat on that house. And it did not fall. Everybody say, it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. Jesus here wisely tells us to build our house on a strong foundation. Come on, listen to this. Before the storm, before the crisis, before the chaos, Jesus says, don't wait until the storm comes. Listen, to discover your foundation is faulty, he said, build your house on a rock. Uh, when we moved to Natomas, we talked to several families in the church, and these particular families were in the South Natomas area. And um, they told us stories about the foundations in their homes actually sinking. And one family even said that they could literally see outside light from the gaps created, like in the roof line. They could see light coming in from their foundation. Say, I mean, you know, that's a crickety house right there, all right? We looked at a house right over here. It was like, it was perfect. It was in the right neighborhood. It had a swimming pool. Yeah, I mean, it was like, yes, this is the house. And we found out they still wanted the normal price, but they wanted $100,000. It was going to cost us $100,000 additionally to fix the foundation. How many know you running from that house? <laughs> then I noticed when they were building houses, and, and I have a couple of pigs. We were renting a home off of uh, Long Boat Keyway. They were building all the homes around us. They were going up, and I noticed that they would pour these thick, I mean, these were the thickest foundations that I had ever personally seen on a house. Usually it's just like a slab. But these things were like this high. And I would watch them lay all these different foundations and they would sit literally for about two weeks. And I asked them, hey, why are they, why are they waiting for the foundations uh, so long to build? He's like, we gotta make sure that the foundation is firm before we build on them. And so I would notice they would wait two weeks, and then all of a sudden, how you know, it goes up fast. Man, since they lifted the moratorium over here, uh, here in Natomas 5, I mean, they are building everywhere. There were things that didn't exist that exist everywhere. They just, they lay the foundation, and then they build it up. You see, one of the things that I've learned is you can have a great blueprint of what a house is going to look like but unless you have a good foundation when the storms of life hit, your revelation is going to have to be founded and grounded in the word of God. You see, if we're going to be a healing house, everybody say healing house. It has to be built on a foundation of God's healing word. You see, faith begins where the will of God and the word of God is known. Let me say that again. Faith begins where the will of God and the word of God is known. So in other words, if you don't believe that it's God's will for him to heal today, 
Come on. How many know we're going to have a hard time building a house of healing? All right. Matthew 7, 25, it says, Then the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. You see, I love to keep it real, and I like to say this. God, God's promises did not come without storms, but listen, they keep us standing through the storms. Matthew 7, 26, 27, it says, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains come, the floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was just wanting to exhort us today and let us know that not to wait until the crisis, not to wait until the collapse or the crash to discover that you needed a better foundation to begin with. That this is a time for us, real life church, to be intentional. Listen, to do what he says, to obey what he's telling, calling us to do. And not just say, oh yeah, we're gonna be a house of healing. No, 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 no. We are going to prepare to be a house of healing. We are going to be equipped. Listen, we are going to understand the scriptures. Listen, that promise us his healing today. This is God's heart. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to lay a foundation for the next couple of weeks with God's word, his healing word, by studying some of the scriptures in the Old and New Testament. And we're only going to get to some New Te uh, Old Testament today. But the first scripture I want to look at is just a few chapters after God reveals himself as Jehovah Rophe and God's promise to the Israelites of an angel going before them and driving out their enemies. How many know that's a good promise right there? Exodus 23, 25, 26. It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will, everybody say, I will. Take sickness, take sickness away from the midst of you. Verse 26, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I want to give you some principles. And here's the first principle. God doesn't put sickness on us. He takes it away from us. Listen, and he makes protection provision to protect us. Let me say it again. God doesn't put sickness on us. He takes it away from us and makes provision to protect us. Again, I want to be clear. And I know we have folks, listen, they're battling cancer. They're fighting cancer. I'm just giving the word so they have something to fight with. Amen. Come on. We just can't say, oh, oh, oh no, no, we can't. We have to confront these things. We want, we're going to come alongside of people with the word of God. You say, well, what, 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 happens if they, what happens if they don't get healed? How many know I just said, come on, God will keep you through. He'll keep you through. It's, listen, it's not, my, it's not my job is to believe. My job, listen, my job is to believe and have faith. Listen, for whatever is in your heart. My job as a pastor is to come alongside and take your hand and say, come on, we're going to get through this. No matter what it looks like, we're going to get through this. 
God doesn't put sickness on us. He takes it away from us and makes provision to protect us. And again, I want to be clear. God didn't say you're not going to face adversity or resistance. But in the midst of adversity and resistance, he says, I'm going to take away sickness and protect you. Everybody say protect you. As it specifically relates to this scripture, he even takes it a step further to the people that it was uh, said directly to, and he relates it to this verse, he says, from suffering miscarriage and barrenness. Now, not suffering from miscarriage and barrenness was a provision he made to those families who were in the wilderness traveling several miles each day. It was something they were worried about, listen, or God wouldn't have told us about it. And listen, maybe it's something that you're worried about today. Maybe you're worried about miscarrying. Maybe you're worried about your granddaughter miscarrying. I don't know what it is, but maybe you're worried about it. And I'm just here to tell you, God told us about it so we wouldn't have to worry about it. The Holy Spirit, this is what I want us to see in Scripture. The Holy Spirit can take a provision he made for a people back then and make it a promise for you today. This is the power of the Holy Spirit when we read the Word. Listen, you can read this and it might not mean nothing to you, but the lady over here and the couple over here believing that they would carry that baby full term, how many know that scripture could mean everything to them? Because why? The Holy Spirit can breathe on something for you so that you can put your faith in it. And again, it might not have anything. It might be disconnected from you over here. But for this couple, they could be standing on that promise. And this is what I'm trying to say. It's not a guarantee. Hey, this is, this, is a, this is a guarantee for everybody. No, no. If the Holy Spirit, come on, enlightens it and ignites it in your spirit, how do you know you can stand on it? The first time I learned this, uh, we had some friends, Rich and Lisa Maloney. They were some youth leaders of ours, and Lisa had miscarried several times, and they had came uh, across this scripture, and Amy and I went to Hillsburg. If you know anything about Santa Rosa, Hillsburg is now wine country. Back then, it was just a little town. We went to Hillsburg and to their little apartment, and they began to share and asked us to actually come to specifically pray with them because Lisa was pregnant, and, and she was starting to bleed, and she was believing God. And so we went to her apartment. We got around Lisa, and Rich opens up his Bible, and he reads this verse. He says, God, you said you would take sickness away from the midst of us, and you said no one shall suffer miscarriage and be barren in your land. Can I tell you today? Listen, Lisa stopped bleeding, and they gave birth to Richie the Third. And here's a picture of Richie. I don't know if we have them. That's Richie and Lisa right there. It's the first time I ever seen a provision, come on, turned into a promise. God made for a provision for a people way back then, and he says, I'm going to do it again. And this is what we, this is what we sing about all the time. Do it again. Come on, how do you know if you're singing it and you don't believe it, you're lying. 
But this is, how, this is what I love about the Holy Spirit. Like he can take scriptures, right? And he can highlight something to you that might not mean nothing to me, but it might be your lifeline. This is what we have to understand about God's healing word. What's, what, listen, what is the word, come on, that you're believing God for today? God wants to highlight. He wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us. Another thing that God told Amy and I this year is just to be in the room. Just to be in this room. We traveled all the way to, to Pleasanton this week to Sean and Krista Smith's conference for no other reason. We didn't even, it was weird because we didn't even know anybody. It was, I mean, we knew Sean and Krista. That was it. And maybe two people in front. That was it. And God just told us to be in the room. Listen, can we just be in the room? Come on, you might be on your living room, but just be online, be in the room, be connected to what God is doing because he's building something supernatural here at real life. You see, you can't believe a promise, and this is why it's important to read the word. We've got about 20 people going through the word together this year, a lot more than that, but there's, we have a plan here at real life, and there's about 20 plus people going through it on you version. And why is that important? It's important because you can't believe a promise you don't know exists. And the Holy Spirit can wake you up in the middle of the night. I'm telling you, this has happened. Listen and say, and for someone, he'll go, Exodus 25, 26. And you'll be like, too much pizza. <laughs> Exodus 25, 26. Exodus, how many of this ever happened to you before? And you look up Exodus 25, 26, and you're going through something, and it says, and I will take away sickness from the midst of you. How you know that'll give you faith? I want to look at when Miriam was healed. This was uh, Moses' sister. Aaron and Miriam are talking smack about Moses' wife, who was a Cushite woman. How you know you don't talk about a Cushite woman? And Aaron, and Moses, Aaron comes to Moses and says, oh, my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. She had leprosy and Moses, upon hearing Aaron, begins to cry out for her. It says he cried out in verse 13 to the Lord saying, please heal her, Lord, I pray. Now listen to this. Then the Lord said to Moses, if her father had spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days and people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. Can I give you the principle here? How many know I gotta give you principles? Listen, healing sometimes includes prayer and process. Listen, I, listen, with all my heart, I want to believe for God to supernaturally intervene. In you. I want God to give you your miracle. But listen, it might also be going to your doctor and doing something, come on, medical. And listening to your doctor. Right? I can believe, listen, I can believe that you're healed, but listen, you might need to listen to your doctor to stop eating cheeseburgers. Right? 
Healing sometimes includes prayer and process. This is why, listen, we encourage you. Yeah, you could get your miracle, and we, be, we see breakthrough all the time up at these altars. But listen, you might need to do a follow-up prayer appointment. We, we have people getting prayed for literally every day of the week here uh, at Real Life. Because how you know sometimes five minutes is not enough? Listen, and we have people, listen, that will pray you through to the breakthrough. Listen, if you don't get your breakthrough, know that there are people here who will pray you through. You see, we love instant answers to prayer, but we don't like to partner with a process. Miriam had to be shut out of the camp for seven days. She put all of Israel on pause. Look it. They had to wait for her. How many know that's a pain? Because we don't like waiting. And then she was brought in again. Listen, maybe you're not waiting on God for your healing. Maybe God's waiting on you. Maybe you're not waiting on God for your healing. Maybe God's waiting on you to eat right, exercise, drink more water, go to the doctor. I had about... uh, I don't know, I've had, a tr- I've had trouble with kidney stones. And there, it was a few years back, and I had three weekends in a row. I'm talking about kidney stones that would put a pastor on his knees. <laughs> I mean, I was like, Lord. And it was just a, a, couple of, a couple of years ago, I was here. I had another attack of kidney stones, and I was at uh, UC Davis emergency all day. I mean, eight hours. I went up to the follow to po- uh, appointment, and... And the doctor said, he said, look, he's all, there's two kinds of water drinkers, a chugger and a sipper. He says, you're a sipper. He says, I need you to be a chugger. He says, if you don't become a chugger, listen, I'm going to put you on these medicines. I said, I don't want the medicine. I'll be a chugger. I don't want to be a, come on, how you know we need some more chuggers here, not some sippers. Come on, and sometimes, listen, you just got to listen. <laughs> and ever since, I, now, I, I, there's times when my, Amy will go, have you drank any water? And I'll be like, no, one bottle, <laughs> you know. But how many you know, listen, listen, I, be, I began to drink, I began to chugger. And I began to drink water. I haven't had kidney stones since I listened to my doctor. <clears throat> Moses cried out, Miriam got put out, But then she came back in because she submitted to the process. Listen, stop being rebellious. Stop being rebellious. How do you know? Listen, if somebody tells you what to do and you don't do it, how do you know your spouse shouldn't be the one reminding you? Unless she told you or he told you to do, right? I don't know. But listen. Miriam submitted to the process, listen, and got back into the camp. Listen, I want to tell you what else we can learn from this story. We have to be patient with people's healing process. Hear me. You can't hurry up someone's healing. And they waited for her seven days. Everybody say seven days. That's not that long, but how you know it can seem like a long time sometimes. You can't hurry up someone's healing. The next one, I'm getting, I'm laying principles for a house of healing. I'm going to finish too. 
You guys all know, maybe know the story of the widow's son, the widow of Zarephath. Just a great miracle how God multiplied the flour bin and the oil, right? Well, just a few verses later, her son dies. And she comes to the prophet Elisha and she says, what are you doing to me? Are you trying to tell me that I'm a sinner? She's basically saying, come on, prophet. Come on, you just did a miracle. And now my son is dead. You look at 1 Kings 17, 21, 22. And it says he took him up to the, his, his room, the upper chamber, the Bible says. And it says this, he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried out to the Lord. Everybody say cry out. And cried to the Lord, oh, Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he was revived. Can I give you the principle? Your faith is going to be stretched to the max in some circumstances where you need to see a healing breakthrough in your life. Listen, you are going to be stretched to the max. There was a, my sister, when I lived in the Bay Area, she would always call me uh, if her friends were uh, suffering any kind of um, setbacks with their health or anything like that. And this one particular friend had been motorcycle riding out somewhere and he got uh, mold in his lungs. And by the time they had called me, my sister, it was, pretty, it was like a, a 40% chance to pull through. And so when I got to the hospital, I brought a little bottle of anointing oil and I walked in the room with this gentleman's wife. They were probably in their 20s. <clears throat> I walked in with his wife and I had my little bottle and they had, he was all hooked up. I literally, I was, cons- I was afraid to even touch him. It, it just looked, he was wires everywhere. And so literally, listen, I get, I get a little anointing on my finger and I literally put it on his big toe. It was the only thing, I put it on his big toe. And while I'm praying, I know that's a lot of faith, right? Put it on the big toe. I, put, I was praying, and I literally hear the Holy Spirit have his wife pray for him. I'm like, well, Lord, isn't my prayers good enough? No, I'm just kidding. So I said, hey, and I didn't know. They came, at the time, I didn't know what their religious background was. They came, actually, were coming from a Presbyterian background. And so when I asked, I said, would you, I feel like, you should be praying for your husband. Could you do that? And I'm not lying. When I said that, she threw her body on her husband's body. And I'm telling you, she prayed a Holy Ghost Presbyterian prayer. And can I just tell you, faith was in the room. Faith filled the room. And can I just tell you this? Her husband pulled through on the other side too. Sometimes, listen, you've got to stretch yourself out. You've got to go beyond where you've been. Listen, and you've got to allow God to stretch you so you can get your breakthrough. God's going to stretch our faith in 2023. Amen. Hezekiah, everybody say Hezekiah. His life was extended 15 years. Second Kings 20 verses five and six. It says, turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, come on. And I'm just hoping the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody today. Behold, I will heal you. Can you just say that? Behold. 
On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your... How many of you just take a guaranteed 15 right now? Hallelujah. And I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. If you know this story, you know this principle here, that humility invites healing into my life and actually can add years to my life. Humility invites healing into my life. Why? Because I'm listening. I'm not only listening, I'm doing. I'm taking action. Humility invites healing into my life and actually can add years to my life. A middle-aged woman had a heart attack and was taken to the hospital where while on the operating table, she had a near-death experience and she came face to face with God and asked him, is this it? God said, no, you're gonna have another 30 years to live. Upon her recovery and the fact that she got another 30 years, she was gonna make the most of it. So she decided to just stay in the hospital and have a facelift, a liposuction, a tummy tuck, You name it, she got it. She even had her hairstylist come to the hospital and change her hair color. Upon her being discharged, she walked out of the hospital and was ran over by an ambulance speeding by, and she died instantly. When she came face to face with God, she complained, I thought you said I had another 30 years. And God replied, I didn't recognize you. Come on, tell your neighbors, stay humble. Because <laughs> God, listen, he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Can I give you one more principle? Because I feel like we need this one. David, who believed in healing, Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3 says, Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Everybody say all. All. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Can we just say that together? Bless the Lord, Lord. oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all. David seems to remind us of the benefits by telling us not to forget about the one who forgives and heals. Here's the principle. Our forgetfulness about his word doesn't change God's faithfulness to his word. Just because we forgot the promise that God heals doesn't mean God is not faithful to heal. Everybody say, remember. I'm wondering this morning, how many of you have lived in the understanding that God forgives and saves us from sin through the power of the cross, but you have failed to live in the revelation that today God still binds up the brokenhearted, heals the sick, and restores us to a life that is abundant with love, joy, peace, faith, hope through the power of the resurrection. Listen, maybe you've accepted Christ, but when it comes right down to it, you've never experienced all the benefits that Jesus paid for. Everybody say all. All. 
Listen, maybe you've been a Christian a long time and you have forgotten all the benefits that are available to you and you're frustrated. You've known about the benefits, you've heard about the benefits, but you never really experienced the benefits. How many know this morning we started out by declaring a blessing? How many know God wants to bless us? He wants to bless us. and He wants to bestow his joy upon our lives, his strength upon our lives. Isaiah 53, 5, and then I'm done. And I'm going to ask my prayer team just to come now, just to come now. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Everybody say, we are healed. Now, what's amazing about this, this is an Old Testament prophecy, and this is where I'm going to make a bridge for next week. This is an Old Testament prophecy which was fulfilled by the promised one, Jesus. This is what I want you to see. Listen, healing did not stop in the Old Testament. Come on. Healing continues. Come on. And it's a part of the testament that we believe in and we are blessed by. Amen. Matthew 8, 16 to 17. Look at this. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Isaiah, the prophet. This might sound familiar because we just read it. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Everybody say, Jesus fulfilled it. What I want us to leave here today is with this knowledge that Christ obtained a ministry better, listen, than the principles that I just read to you. Hebrews 8, 6, it says, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better. Everybody say better. Since it is enacted on better promises. How does he do that? Remember, we read at the beginning, a covenant. Listen, the definition of covenant is a contract that God makes with his people with stipulations and responsibilities that says, if you do this, I'm going to do this. But I've got good news for you. What's different is this. What's different in the new covenant is this. Jesus stepped in where we failed to fulfill our part of the contract. And now it's guaranteed. Everybody say guaranteed. Listen, the covenant is no longer conditional, but it's unconditional. It's no longer based on what we do, but listen, it's based on what he's already done. So my question to you today is, This morning, why don't you let him do, come on, what he's already done? Will you stand with me today? Thank you again for joining us. We pray that message ministered to your heart and lifted your spirit today. Hey, to find out more about joining the RLC online family, you can find us on the Church Center app. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.